Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. She's a woman of mystery. A woman of surprises. What are you doing here? A woman named Susan. Orion Pictures presents Desperately Seeking Susan. Susan! 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 My God, we all thought you were dead. No, just in New Jersey. Madonna is Susan. The hottest voice in rock is now the freshest face on film. Every man is desperate to have her. One woman is desperate to be her. Everybody I know is desperate except you. I'm desperate. You? Someone is desperate to kill her. Guilt? Come on, come on. Dead? If he can figure out who she is. Come on, come on. I'm not Susan. I don't believe it. My housewife and I live in Fort Lee, New Jersey. You never stop, do you? Starring Rosanna Arquette as Roberta. You know, Garrett, between you and me, what do you really know about Roberta? She doesn't even like sex that much. It's impossible. She'll love it. You can dig, you can dig. And Madonna as Susan. No more dead bodies, okay? I'll see what I can do. Bye-bye, Bruce. It was fun, huh? Maybe you were the killer. You were with this guy? Come on, come on. He's breathing when I left. Desperately seeking Susan. A life so crazy it takes two women to live it. Welcome to Paid in Puke, Season 8, Episode 3. Today we're discussing Susan Seidelman's 1985 comedy thriller? Sort of? I don't know. Just movie, you know? Movie. It's just a movie. Desperately seeking Susan, starring Rosanna Arquette. Lori Metcalf and Madonna and a bevy of character actors in early yes. roles. I am Jessica Baxter. I'm Annie Malone slash Amy Green. I'm Christina Barr. And joining us to talk about this movie, uh, you heard her on our Oscars pod and she's back. It's Denise Rodriguez. Yay. Hi. What made you choose this movie? I remember really loving this movie when it first came out, but I don't think I've seen it since then. <laughs> And I think it came up when we did the Oscar podcast. Like, it somehow came up in a reference. It's like, oh, yeah, that movie. So then it just got stuck in my head that I wanted to watch that movie again. Awesome. Nice to see how things hold up after that long. It is. And they don't always, but I feel like this one does. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel, well, I'm sure, like, it probably came up because I brought it up because I love this movie. <laughs> So what's your history with Oh, that? my God, I love this movie. Uh, I mean, I saw it when it came out. So if it was 85, I was 13. I think I remember seeing it a couple times. There was a time when my older brother worked at the local movie theater, so he could just walk in and watch movies for free. 
which was great. I remember seeing it then and then like renting it when I was visiting my older sister one time. And like, she's this real stuffy, older academic husband. And he was like, that was a very good film. (laughs) (laughs) Like years and years later, I saw it at Central Cinema and I was like, this is so legit. You know, I mean, I got, so I always loved it, but I was surprised when I went to see it as a much older adult, how cool it was. Like hipster New York cast, you know, and like Richard Edson, my favorite character <laughs> actor, like so many just like, like how Richard Hell is the dead guy. Like it's just, yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> and Anne Magnuson, who's great. So, and then I've watched it like a few times since then. And like I watched it sometime over the summer. I don't remember why. And then to prepare for it, I watched it the other day and took notes and then Matt and I went to a show and the show ended way earlier than we thought and we came home and we watched it at like 11 o'clock <laughs> night. and he had never seen it and he loved it Aww. you know yeah so it's yeah. always so fun when you have a movie that you really love sharing it with somebody who's never seen it before mm-hmm. yeah kind of like yeah seeing their reaction and then being like no you can be part of my little special thing right <laughs> Right. Well, especially if they like it. Yeah, and especially when you know, like, there's yeah. some movies that you love, but you're not going to defend, you know? Mm-hmm. And But this is one I could wholeheartedly show this to someone, and it's, like, fucking great. I'm sort of curious mm-hmm. about movies that you love that you wouldn't defend. Like, like, <laughs> I'm curious, like, what those movies are. I'm sure <laughs> I ha- I feel like I usually have one at the ready, and I can't think. I'll think of it. Yeah. I remember yeah. you said that about Black Swan. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like Black Swan. I wouldn't say I loved Black well, you Swan, told me, all right. but I really enjoyed it. Right, right. I mean, I'll think of one for yeah. myself so you're not on the spot. I just no. remember you saying that you wouldn't defend it. And yes, I definitely have that. for sure. With stuff. So you know what about oh, Pretty you? in Pink. I won't defend Pretty oh, in Pink. Oh, yeah. I love yeah, it. I won't yeah. defend it. Though. I didn't even love it. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah, I definitely don't love it, but, but that's, that's for right. Pretty in Pink, though. Uh, Christina, what's your history with this uh, really seeking season? I remember seeing it as a kid. When Madonna became popular, I just, like, instantly... I just loved Madonna from when I was, like, seven or... So did you see the movie because Madonna was in it? Well, yeah, I loved it because (laughs) it was Madonna. And I remember watching her, just in her videos and her performances, the way that she carried herself and moved was just, like, so different than anything I'd ever seen on TV. And in this movie, I just love how she's just so cool, you know? (laughs) I was just mesmerized. Like, this is the era of Madonna. Yeah, Yeah, this part of Madonna's career... She's just so cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like a really interesting thing about this movie is that there's like not really a lot of cringy 80s fashion mm-hmm. that's supposed to be cool. Like the cringy fashion is supposed to be cringy, like Rosa Arquette's right. outfits at the start of the movie. Like when she mm-hmm. shows up, she parks her car and she steps out of it and she's wearing this like housewife yeah. situation. Yeah. Ugly pants. <laughs> yeah. dress at the cocktail party. Oh gosh, it's so yeah. really <laughs> like choking her. Like, but then yes. when she starts dressing like Susan, you're like, fuck yeah. And then yeah. pretty much everybody looks cool. Like even the gym is supposed to be kind of a ridiculous rocker guy. He still looks kind of, I mean, I'm kind of like, that's kind of cool. You, you yeah. can see it. Like, he's yeah. believable that they're dating, mm-hmm. you know? Dress like that? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One thing about this movie, just thinking about my history with the movie, I saw this in the movie theater. There's movies that come out now. Most of them I don't see in a movie theater. Most hey. of them I watch <laughs> streaming. So this yeah. was sort of in that era when you made a special 
trip to the movie theater and, and saw it. And I, same, like, I just remember thinking Madonna was so cool. Mm-hmm. This was kind of like, yeah, new Madonna. Like, mm-hmm. she was new. And I don't know, was she in any movies before this? Yeah, yeah her first so this role. was a big deal. She received critical praise for it, too, mm-hmm. which... I was surprised. I hadn't seen the movie somehow. I thought that maybe I had because it did come out when I was little. 1985, I was really into Back to the Future that year. <laughs> but this was the fifth grossing movie of 1985. Oh, wow. wow. It did really well, and the critics liked it. And they praised both Roseanne Arquette and Madonna's performances. And it made $27 million at the box office against a $5 million budget. So it did pretty well all around. Go team. And then somehow I felt like maybe I'd seen it, but when I watched it for the pod, I was like, oh, no, I hadn't. Like, there were so many things that were just completely new to me, and I realized that I had just seen scenes from it Mm -hmm. a million times on compilation shows or referenced or whatever. Every Madonna scene, I'm like, I've seen that somewhere. There's a lot of the movie that isn't Madonna, (laughs) so... I did want to start kind of with meaningful passages, I guess, because it's okay. like there's just so much to love about it. Yeah, well, and so, so many. we can we can do meaningful passages, this. but also talking about just generally just what, what we like. Yeah, I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick. You know what I mean? It's sort of these two worlds in the movie, and like in the '80s, there's these archetypes of yuppie dumb mm-hmm. and excess, and you see Roberta in New Jersey, and she's married to the hot tub king of New Jersey or whatever. Fucking <laughs> in New Jersey. Like, I remember seeing her coming home and, like, she's in this really stark white kitchen and she turns on the Julia Child. I remember watching that as a kid and thinking, like, people watch TV while they're cooking or whatever. Well, she had her VCR in there. Right. Right. And, like... she had to record the show, I guess. She had, like, all the... Yeah, she had everything prepared for it. Yeah, it's like she's got all the stuff. I like the way the movie starts out. Like, it's at a salon playing, Mm -hmm. like, the... It's in his kiss. It's in his Mm -hmm. kiss song. And you see, like, the women under the hair dryers. All this work that goes into... Like, these women that, like, spend their days, like, working on their appearance and shopping or whatever. And I really like the contrast, like, with Susan, and she's just so fucking cool. She's just finding, like, vintage things and <laughs> drying her armpit. Like, I don't know why, I like but, like, she has that's... that that mesh top on, but it looks yeah. like she, like, tore up an Atlantic City t-shirt when she was there and just, like, put it across the mesh of the top or yeah. something. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. just, like, doesn't even have to try it like everything just cool or yeah. you know i don't know why but yeah, like i really she's just like so the... free she's like 100 yeah. percent herself at all times and that was like something that like as a child seeing her like dry her armpits <laughs> like in the hand dryer i was just like that isn't proper or something yeah. or I don't know I just really liked seeing her like just be whatever and because mm-hmm. um, people who would have a problem edgy. with that are not cool people whoever right. yeah there's no good reason to look on that with scorn right it's yeah it's just who cares? <laughs> right, exactly. It kind of like made an impression on me because I guess the way that I grew up, like my mom was always just so obsessed with being like, don't be seen <laughs> yeah. showing your armpits right. or something. The outfit in general mm-hmm. would be a problem for or, women of that know, generation. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And there's just like certain parts where directed by a woman, I guess, like yeah. just these 
like the friend that she crashes with and she's <laughs> doing her, her nails yeah. and you see her walking on her heels with the cotton with the, between yeah. her toes and you recognize like oh yeah it is really hard to walk around i don't it's just like <laughs> this view that i'd never really seen in a movie before yeah that just women being women and hanging out and right yeah it's not necessarily like all hanging out in your underwear like <laughs> having pillow fights there's a realness to it and then it was written by a woman as well leora barish was the mm. screenwriter and yeah that's why we have two fleshed out yeah. <laughs> female leads who do have romances but they're very much secondary mm-hmm. right and also yeah. like how susan is sort of like real casually promiscuous and that's yeah. it's just cool you know like mm-hmm. she and jimmy have this like nice relationship but also it's like yeah i don't know it's fooling around with some guy <laughs> in atlantic city come on come to buffalo i'll find some trouble for you to get into that'll cheer you up i've had enough trouble already you've had enough trouble already you were with this guy yeah i freedom when i left well, i don't like leaving you like this take care of myself you know, it's like yeah. it's just so casual and not not a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, especially so, to her, um, but it might be a big deal to Jimmy. Right. <laughs> but I mean, the movie doesn't present it like it's a real problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I feel like it's not something he holds against her, other than yeah. like he just wants to be with her more. But he's not like, oh, that bitch who was this guy you know <laughs> he's like oh i'm worried about susan because she got mixed up in this thing you know yeah everyone's like that's just how susan is right it just makes us like her more why don't i get some pizza and i'll meet you at home you got a place not exactly but i'm working on it oh, oh no i know what's coming up just for tonight i promise Man. do you promise only seven digit phone call my heart you won't regret it. Thanks. Welcome back. So here's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> it came across to me very much like Susan is Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Mm-hmm. But she isn't fixing any men in this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's what Manic Pixie Dream Girl does when she is her own person doing her own thing, what she wants to do, and not being stuck as a secondary character whose sole role in the movie is yeah. to like help the man realize his like personal growth goal. Hell so yeah. Like, is she like a super early Manic Pixie Dream Girl? <laughs> yeah. You know? But and like it, was... that character in a movie made by women or something. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because she is very like, you know, the elusive, the quirky. <laughs> right. All of that can't pin her down but the person that experiences their sort of huge personal growth awakening is roberta mm-hmm. so it's sort of yeah. like a, a little bit yeah flipped from right it would be in a male movie something that i liked about it was like that but sort of like in the class structure of it roberta is like they're the rich people but the other ones are like the glamorous people you know yeah like the broke new york people are like, like it's like lame to be a rich like a yuppie this yeah. is the days of yuppies <laughs> right? yeah Right. Jersey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's true. It's like, why, cool. like, when did right. it become cool to be rich? Right. <laughs> why is it considered cool now? Like, I don't know. Maybe mm. it was. I feel like maybe, like, the stakes are higher now because I feel like it's even believable. Like, Aiden Quinn's character is broke and lives in a fucking loft in downtown. You know? <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> but, like, you could live being broke in a totally different way from now being broke means something so much more dire, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, it was the 80s. So like, of right. course, that neighborhood now, right? And imagine oh, what yeah. that loft would cost yeah. now. Yeah. There was a kind of weird walk-up situation, too. Right. Like, it wasn't nice. Like, it was 
huge yeah. and in a cool neighborhood, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like a nice place. And yeah, yeah, it was like you had to like basically climb the yeah. side of the building. You know? And his walls were doors, like just a series right. of doors stacked up. <laughs> right. Other, which was like really cool looking though. You'd probably be able to buy a set of like that now for a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You couldn't like be working at a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I loved how he was the projectionist, was showing like these weird the ass movies. movies. Yeah, and I just remember, that was the other thing that yeah. made an impression on me. What are these movies they yeah, watch in New York? Yeah. God, I want to. It's like an art movie theater. theater. Yeah. I just was like, I'm going to live in New York when I'm an adult. Yeah. And I'm going to go to the dance club, like the the whole nightclub scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that scene so much. Yeah, I love that. And that's also like one of those like funny scenes where I just love, he's trying to find Susan and like talk to her about like where Roberta is and Madonna's dancing. She's like, (laughs) I'm seeing them together. She's been on you, huh? Yeah. Two days ago. She did drugs. She never smoked a joint in her whole life. She's probably the straightest person in Fort Lee. You want something to drink? Um, no, thanks. I, I'm on this health program, you know? No, uh, no alcohol, no sugar. You want to dance? Dance. <laughs> Read that stuff in the newspaper about that guy, Mean Girl? You got pushed out of a hotel window in Atlantic City. No, why? Roberta's mixed up in it. Roberta, that's impossible. Gary's like trying to keep up dancing. It's just like one of those like yeah. dancing but talking. Right. Scenes. I love like the lady very... near them with the drawn on uniform. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. So... He keeps, like turning around and then there she is. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> it's really fucking with him. It's really funny because yeah. like they could just be having this conversation at the bar, but she's like, no, yeah. I want to dance. She's sort of you're like, not gonna hamper away. my fun. <laughs> yeah, taking him out of his comfort zone. Yeah, you know, it didn't take very long for him to just be like, okay. I'm in this now. Yeah. You know, like here we are. And I love how his sister, she's kind of the annoying character in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) I do love how she's just like completely shocked by the turn, you know, like she's taking the car keys. (laughs) (laughs) I loved their scenes together. Like I thought they were so well cast as siblings, you know, like they kind of looked alike. What did the police say? That most of these cases turn up in 24 hours. Mm, did you tell them about the jacket, her wedding ring, and the saltfish? I told them. They seem to think she's having an affair. Oh my God, maybe she is. That's ridiculous. Roberta is not having an affair. She's much too uptight. That is a horrible thing to say. I suppose you're proud of the way you're running around with Becky Schumann. <laughs> I didn't know you knew about Becky. Anyway, we were not running around. We were having a perfectly respectable affair. Very believable sibling dynamic. Totally, yeah. Totally believable. And she's like the voice of reason sibling. <laughs> but also he's obviously not irresponsible. Right. <laughs> you know, he's kind of living a sort of standard life. It's not right. like he's going off the deep end or something. But she's very like. <gasps> she's just like everything shocks her. I love the kitchen scene where Gary's making a sandwich and she's like. Gary, let me ask you something. What? Does. Roberta have orgasms. I mean, did she have them with you? Orgasms? You have heard of them, haven't you? I mean, maybe the reason she left you was because you weren't satisfied. Leslie, not everybody is obsessed with orgasms. Some people just have them. Did she? 
Well, what? Did Phil Donahue do a shot? Oh, you're not really a pig. You know that. At least I know about feelings. Feelings. I feel. I feel. You're disgusting, Gary. You're just like Daddy. No wonder Roberta left you. Would you stop saying that? And I she's like, at thing. least I know about feelings. And Gary's like, I feel, I feel. <laughs> I love that I too. love that scene so much. And then Stephen Wright just comes <laughs> out. So, so funny. Oh, let's have some chicken. The chicken is for tomorrow. Larry. What did the police say? I can't believe the two of you are eating in the middle of a crisis like this. We're nervous. What do you want? Then take a Valium like a normal person. She's like, how could you eat at a time like this? All right. I love that. They're stress eating. <laughs> They're not stressed, really. I mean, Stephen Wright is definitely not stressed. No, but yeah. <laughs> so many meaningful passages from that. Yeah. yeah. I love that when he's like, did Phil Donahue do a show or something? Yes, yes. <laughs> Also, I love when Susan is maybe in their house for the first time and she says nice wallpaper and the way she says it is like, this is an insult. Nice wallpaper. Yeah. But she's like, nice wallpaper. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so that line right. really stuck for me. I was too. definitely noticing the contrast of wallpaper, like wallpaper as a signifier of different like levels of taste and class, like the... Mm-hmm. There's cool, kind of expensive-looking wallpaper in Bruce's apartment, the guy who ends up dying. Well, uh, that's in a hotel. That's a hotel. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then the, like, kind of gaudy wallpaper in Roberta's house everywhere. Oh, like, some of it is really <laughs> yeah. hard to look at. Like, the yeah. bathroom is really bad. It's just interesting to have opinions on wallpaper. Right. Oh, I also love... She says, it's got to be a cover. Nobody's life is so boring. Right. No one's life could be that Did you ever read this? She kept a diary. It's great stuff. Couldn't sleep. Went into kitchen. Gary came in. Turned on light. Gary left. Finished birthday cake. Pages of it. It's gotta be a cover. Nobody's life could be this boring. It is really interesting how they're both so shocked that the other one can even exist, right? Like, Roberta yeah. is so fascinated with Susan because it's just completely tantalizing to her that somebody can live the way Susan lives. And she's, like, got this whole imagination about what Susan must be like. You know, Susan also can't imagine that anybody lives the way Roberta lives, right? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, this can't be someone's real life. <laughs> right. <laughs> but in the end, it's like they both choose Susan's life. Yeah. You don't really want to be doing it the way Roberta's doing it. Although, some, I mean, Leslie does seem pretty happy in that world. Maybe not yeah. happy. Yeah. Happy isn't really the right word, but that's what she's right. chosen. When they get Roberta's diary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. This really funny quote. Diary. That little snoop, what'd she say about me? Who's the snoop here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, just summed her up, I thought. Yeah. Like, she yeah. was so like, tell her snoop. A couple like charming details to me. When like in the very beginning when Susan's taking the guy's money, taking Bruce's money, mm-hmm. but she doesn't take all of it. It's like a kind of charming detail. She just takes like a couple hundred bucks and leaves the rest <laughs> in his wallet. She's interesting. And then I really like when she trades her jacket to the guy and she tells him it used to belong to Jimi Hendrix and she swaps it for the boots. And then when Roberta comes to get it. I got a hammer, 65 bucks. That is the price. Get it. Do you like the jacket? Can you still have a Jimi Hendrix? Yeah, I guess I'd bet he'd love it if I swapped it for the boots. Deal. It's a gorgeous, isn't it? Used to belong to Elvis Presley. Wanna try it on? What are you wearing? Jacket. He used to blog to Jimi Hendrix. That's really funny. <laughs> I think that's really funny. Right? I like that whole shop 
vibe. Uh, like, yeah. I love that I felt vibe. like you would yeah. love that guy. Yeah. The way he was dancing whenever he wasn't helping anybody. He was right. just like rocking out to his own playlist, which <laughs> I really respect that. <laughs> and I love how he's not engaging with Gary at all. And he's like, yeah. how do you not remember? He's like, vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> it was black and gold and it, it had a sort of a pyramid thing on the back of it, like on a dollar bill. Vaguely. Great. Thanks. You've been a terrific help. Wait, wait a minute. She stopped in here looking for the jacket, too. Maybe you can help each other. He knows when he should or shouldn't be giving information right. to people. Right, he's just like, yeah, I don't care. I love when Gary's like, you bought a used jacket. What are, are we, we poor? poor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you bought a used jacket. What are we poor? What's going on here? That guy, Mark Blum, Bloom? Or I Blum? think it's Bloom. He, yeah. yeah, he like died in the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, he did? Coronavirus. Oh, oh my god. Like, I guess he was like in a ton of theater in New York. and. Mm. But I mainly know him as Gary from right. Gary's Oasis. Gary Glass, of course. <laughs> I'm Gary from Gary's Oasis. In our New Jersey showroom, we have hundreds of models of whirlpools and hot tubs at the lowest manufacturer to you prices. So come on out to Gary's Oasis. One of those details that stuck with me is when they order the drinks at the Magic Club. Oh my god, I love those the, drink orders. Yeah, yeah, the drink orders were so perfect. <laughs> and also having the wait staff be like, let me guess. Let me guess. Triple tequila sunrise. Ginger ale. Near the scotch. This must be yours. Rum and tab. So right. just completely get everyone like rum and tab is really funny yeah. <laughs> perfect yeah. that cracked me up yeah oh and just gary in general at the magic show everything about that magic club i loved it i loved the ambiance i loved how bad the jokes were that the mc was telling. <laughs> right. um i loved that that's such a crazy there's a place. show for magic and yeah it's like the magic the is the same every night pretty much right. like who's going to the, the crowd is so funny like the <laughs> ladies with the crazy hair <laughs> yeah, like the that. first thing where he's just like tossing the rings and i'm like what is the trick here yeah. <laughs> we that. did laugh really really hard at john tortura's joke where the guy said he's from queens hey is there anyone out here from uh from queens you well i'm from normal parents myself <laughs> like time and place joke you know? <laughs> oh, I love that kind of humor <laughs> I thought that was really great and then just in particular how Gary is in the magic club he's just so out of place in that world yeah. he wants to just get up right now <laughs> and pull her off the stage I love that Leslie's like no sit down Roberta I don't believe Roberta you can't do that. That's ridiculous. What's the point of interrupting the show? But also, if she remembers who she is, why did she go back to the magic job? I so totally got right. one of those things that I didn't understand. She's like, because she, she was enjoying it. Yeah, I, I think I she just doesn't want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was one thing I was. I kept thinking of like Stefan <laughs> when I was watching this. This movie. place like, has this movie everything. Has everything. <laughs> it does. Amnesia. Stolen Egyptian artifacts. Right. Gus Spring. Yeah. <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> 
Port Authority locker key. Like, That's what I love too. How like oh, Des yeah. knows everything in the city immediately. Like and see, oh, that's a Port Authority locker key. Oh, that's a place up on Broadway. Oh, that's a place on Center. This is a Port Authority locker key. Chinese coffee shop. I know the place. It's over on Center Street. <laughs> Just because you all know the same places with your friend, you know. Yeah. You know. Oh, it was believable. I yes. loved it. I genuinely loved that about him. How he was just like full of yes. I mean, I definitely loved it that he was like a love interest who'd served like what a woman would normally serve in mm-hmm. a story like that. There's not a lot to him. He's supportive and sexy. And, and like that's, he has a, a cat. I know. It's yeah. like they really knew what they were doing. Yeah. Like I with those really shots with his cat. Him. So I've oh had a crush on him probably since I saw him in this movie. I love yeah. him. Had I do not remember the cat. And when I saw that, I was like, <gasps> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, he's a cat person. I know. I feel like that's a rare so... example of like the female gaze. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is Let's put him in a hammock with a cat. scene where he's kind of watching her change but then the cat busts him and then he like grabs the cat and shushes the cat as if the cat's gonna rattle him so stinking cute yeah yeah damn yeah i would go for that i kind of thought the madonna getting out of the pool was kind of like a fast times thing yeah Yeah. it felt felt like oh that's Oh, I thought that was like her absolute hottest look was like the boxers yeah. and the tank yeah. top and the lace garters so over it. Oh my god. There were definitely some outfits yeah. that she wears where I'm just like, you're just fucking with us now at this point because it's like you can literally wear anything right. and look so hot. Like it's not yeah. I don't think just anybody could get away with wearing mm-hmm. like she well, puts his shirt on so over it yeah. like to be like, Okay, now I'm dressed. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's just yeah. like a superpower she has where she's like, okay. I can literally wear any fucking thing I want. Yeah, I mean, she's had so many looks and styles over the years, but I feel like that's her absolute best. It's like this movie, just she's so fucking hot. Yeah. Also, like, that is a thing we wore back then. Wearing boxer shorts. Yes. Cool, and we're just gonna throw our little boxers. I remember one year getting a gift for my parents and it was like some couple of things of writ dye and like a pack of like six pairs of white boxers. <laughs> that was like tie-dye boxers. the rage tie dye your boxers probably right around that mm-hmm. that same time that the movie came out actually <laughs> but yeah that was a real thing that people wore back then and it went on for a while because like wearing like flannel boxers was Oh, yeah. I remember, like, going to the UPS gym in my flannel boxers. (laughs) Like, my workout outfit with, like, a tank top and flannel boxers. I think they might have been UPS-branded flannel boxers that I got at the UPS Ooh, wow. Wow, okay, yeah, super flashback, like, going to some giant lecture my first year at University of Florida, wearing boxers and no shoes, (laughs) coming in late and sitting way in the back and then being like, oh, F this, this is boring, I'm out of here. (laughs) Go sit around in the plaza with the Harry Crane. One thing that I thought of, like we've commented, like everything happens Mm -hmm. so easily. She's so free. She's like so cool. I'm like, yeah, it's easy when you're beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) if she weren't beautiful, she probably wouldn't be like getting away with as much stuff. And so it, it definitely... Like, that came up for me when I was watching yeah, it. Was like, there's yeah, there's definitely pretty privilege. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, some pretty privilege there. But I do kind of like that, not that Rosanna Arquette is not pretty, but that she does come from a kind of more reserved place. And then when mm-hmm. she starts acting like Susan, it takes her to different places in life mm-hmm. and does mm-hmm. open some doors for her. Right, um, true. And mm-hmm. that is just a vibe switch. 
mm-hmm. and her outfits as well, but <laughs> that just needed to happen. Yeah, good point. Just another one of, like, Madonna just not giving a fuck, being cool, <laughs> walking down the street, eating cheese balls with lace gloves Oh my god. On. Okay, that's a hot prod for me. Like, <laughs> I was just like, whoa. White lace gloves and you're Cheeto eating your dust. Cheetos. That's just going to be gross. <laughs> I like good good going stranger. That's, yes, that's a great really line. Like good going stranger. Susan. I wrote signed a stranger just because I was like, that's such right. a cool way to close out a letter. Like, right? I really, and I like the like, like, yeah, nice going stranger. And then when Jim sees, he's like, what fucking stranger? <laughs> yeah. Oh, something that I forgot to bring up about the Magic Club. That was the worst ventriloquist I have. Ever <laughs> oh man. Seen. Did you know yeah. oh, yeah. the guy that stuffs yeah. the dummy in the suitcase? Yeah. It took me a minute Garland to figure a out that he <laughs> was trying to do a ventriloquist act, so honestly. Yeah. It was bad. I was like, oh, he's putting the dummy away for the ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah, I really loved the dynamic. And that was also interesting, the dynamic between Susan and Roberta. And then they don't even really meet each other for most of the movie. Yeah. But yeah. It's just at the end. It's kind of neat. Yeah. It is really cool. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about just personals? Yeah, right? Where they go into the office physically to place a personal ad. Right. That was yeah. so, wow, that is how it used to happen. And then the one guy's like, looking for daytime playmates. And I'm like, right. oh, it's like 90% of Tinder ads. Yeah. <laughs> that was right. one thing. And I guess we could move into, we can come back to like saying stuff we like about it if you want to move into hot props. Shut up. Hot props is on. Oh, shit, yeah. That this movie, like, could not exist today, (laughs) obviously, because immediately any social media presence, like, you're not going to have a mistaken identity. Right. And they would just be like, oh, what is her location pinging on her cell phone? And now we know exactly where she is. And, like, Susan (laughs) for sure would be, like, an insta-influencer, so everyone would know what she looked like. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't exist, like, as it does, but... The heart of it is, because, like, Roberta is kind of stalking her, really, you yeah. know? Like, it's kind of like Ingrid Goes West, right? Oh, right! Like, where the gist of it, where it's, like, someone just sort of happens upon somebody that they don't know at all and finds stuff about them and follows them and wants to be them. Yeah. I mean, it would, yeah, the logistics of this movie don't work at all modern day, but, like, the idea... Hey, you can sort of stalk someone without stalking, stalking, you know, without being like a scary person, you know, it's super easy. Like, yeah, yeah, I I thought about that, too, while I was watching it. You Mm -hmm. know, this could not happen today because of modern technology. Mm -hmm. But that also is partly, I don't know, it's kind of like what makes the movie. It makes it really charming. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) charmingness to it. That whole, like, meeting at the pier. We have to, like, designate ahead of time when we're going to meet. Right. A specific time. Right. Right. Desperately seeking Susan. Keep the faith. Tuesday, 10 a.m. Battery Park. Gangway 1. Love, Jim. Who's Jim? You need to make it your beeswax to be there. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wait. How I used to be. It's kind of like a non-problematic Sleepless in Seattle also. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Before Sleepless in Seattle, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, Nora Ephron saw this movie and... (laughs) Like, I'm going to make this worse. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't really have that many hot probs with it, but, you know, I've seen a lot of amnesia yeah. movies yeah. on TV, and it's like, you get hit on your head once, you <laughs> right. forget yourself, and then you hit your head again, and it all comes back right. to you. It all yes. comes back. Yeah. That's how it's yeah, not your amnesia, back. right? Yeah. That's my, yeah. that's literally my only hot prob, is like that it's movie amnesia. Susan? Susan? happened? Are you okay? My head hurts. Who was the guy asking you? That guy? The guy that just ran out. I don't know. You don't know? I don't remember. You don't remember? Are you okay? You want to see a doctor? I'm okay. Right. Well, with the right. added thing of her purse being cylindrical for some reason <laughs> and rolling it <laughs> immediately yes. rolling into that the That was so right. weird. It's like, well, of all the ways for the purse to be. Right. It's like, it looks like a little <laughs> acorn, kind of. Yeah, like a... But I feel like it's like probably something that she thought was cool, you know? She's trying yeah. to, like, dress cool. Maybe that's, like, from real life in some way, where someone, like, had that happen. Or, I don't know. It was just, like, that. that's such a weird detail. And she loses her purse. How does she lose it? It's a cylinder, and it rolls into the ocean. Right. Like, it could get stolen. Like, yeah. someone can just grab it, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had, like, no problems with this. Right. Like, like even the amnesia is like, okay, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little movie just, device. That's just yeah. a fun, yeah. Yeah, I, not I, very many. Just, like, I mean, the cheetahs thing, like, it's an <laughs> innocuous hot prop. It's just a hot <laughs> prop with Susan herself, or I'm just like, girl. But <laughs> I also noticed one of the ways I think they tried to portray that Roberta wasn't cool was that she was very klutzy. When, <laughs> like, remember when she kind of forgets herself and tries to leave to follow Susan, and she's got the glasses and the hat, and the guy's like, come back. And then mm-hmm. she accidentally like knocks over the whole thing. Hey, look at here. Look how you look at it. Beautiful, right? $10 for sale, right? Tampa, give me 10 bucks for it. Check it out. Come on, you're going to buy this one. Hey, hey, what are you doing, man? No! No, come back here, right? Give me my hat. Give him a glass. Hey, what's the matter? the second or third time that she had done something like incredibly klutzy. Oh, right. It was just interesting in there kind of how they're showing you who this character is that klutziness was this factor. Yeah. It wasn't endearing in my opinion. Like I was oh. like, this is not endearing. <laughs> it's, like, it's too much. You thought they were doing too much to make her klutzy? They were doing too much to make her klutzy as a way of saying she's not cool. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, that dress she had on at the cocktail party like, was just, enough. Yeah. Right. Was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. It kind of reminded me of the pretty in pink dress. Oh, God, that's <laughs> I did not like that. Yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> Truly. I mean, that's a crime against humanity. I know. Every time I'm like, <laughs> so matronly and ugly. When Gary takes Madonna home and they're smoking pot, he's like thinking of the big picture of life and she's just calling him Gare. And then you start to think, what's it all about? The big picture, you know what I mean? Sure, I do care. I mean, there's more to life than making money, right? Uh, I mean, I know that. I mean, you know, you know how all time comes from a single point in the universe? You know what I mean? 
No. Yeah, yeah but sure I, like I do, Gare. She has this moment where she's like, lucky for everybody, I'm here and I'm thinking. Why didn't you tell me she read the personals? I could have settled this yesterday. She read them all the time. I, I, I didn't think. Yeah, well, I, I, fortunately for everybody, I'm here and I'm thinking. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, I actually, I loved that moment too because it's true. She's. She's not dumb. Right. No. Like, she's smart, and that's kind of why she can live this life, and she's sort of, like, doing what she's doing because she's smart. I really right, like, that. why didn't her husband think to look for her diary? Because he, he doesn't, doesn't think her. anything yeah. about yeah. her, he has, yeah. He has, like, no recognition she that she doesn't register with him. Right. Like, even right. that first scene. He doesn't scene. know any of the books in her right. stand. How to be your own best friend. I'm okay, you're okay. Dr. Vosky do good sex. He's Roberta's too? No, she read this stuff. You know, Gary, between you and me, what do you really know about Roberta? Or like that scene after the party and she's sitting by the cake and when he leaves, he turns the light off and she's sitting there. Like, it's like she doesn't even register with it. Yeah, he doesn't. He's like, don't eat all the cake. He says, don't eat all the cake. And then turns off the light, right. And I think, don't they have in that discussion when it's like kind of the big reveal and she's like, look at me. Mm-hmm. Right. That whole scene really struck me how much he was just sort of ignoring everything she was saying. And she's basically like, I'm not coming back home with you and we're yeah. going to get a divorce. And he's just like not even hearing what she's saying. Mm-hmm. It's all of that, you know, that mm-hmm. whole sort of dynamic continuing into that moment. There's something about it that made me so mad at him in that moment. Right. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. you don't deserve sucks. her. You're totally ignoring her. I'm right. glad she's leaving. Yeah. He also, he's having an affair. Yeah. Like, why does he even care? It's so weird that he is so determined to find her. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think it's like his image, you know, and he doesn't want to get divorced. He just yeah. wants to have an affair. He wants the image. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's what you do. I feel like that's sort of their whole life is about like you do these things. That's the acceptable societal thing. And right. You have a wife and she does right. wife things. Right. Yeah. She, don't pay attention you know, she, she brings the car in to get the radio fixed, you know, yeah. she, right. she forgot to do, but you know, she makes dinner. Mm-hmm. I know. And she's trying to make a nice dinner. There you go. Sorry, girls, I can't stay for dinner. Some guy from West Germany has got 1,500 tubs on a boat he can't get through customs. I gotta go have dinner with him in town. It just happened. I'm sorry, you forgive me? Oh, looks interesting, too. What is the deal on the radio? Radio? Car radio. Didn't you just come from the city? Oh my god, the radio. You forgot the radio? No. Oh, um, yeah, right. Yeah, I guess I did. You know, Gary, you could have told me about not wanting dinner instead of making me rush. Rush? From where? According to you, you didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my note says. Gary, what a douche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was also really puzzled by the like pretzel gum drop and Reese's Pieces perma snacks. Oh, yeah. Table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was thinking about that too. I'd never seen that before. It was like a recessed snacks in the. It looked part like, of the like coffee you would table? have an olive bar or something somewhere, <laughs> but instead of being in a restaurant, it was like on your coffee table in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Was it leftover from the party? Well, I don't know, because I had like lids. 
So it really seemed like it was like yeah. something you leave yeah. out all the time. Like a that is weird. bowl of mints or something, but it mm-hmm. was like for your coffee table. Weird. She definitely, they have like all of the gadgets. Like They've got she stuff. has like the Sky rotisserie. Yeah. Like who has a rotisserie right, chicken thing? <laughs> it seemed like keeping up with the, she's the the Joneses. She's got all the, the jo- shit. Yeah. yeah, but there's nothing fulfilling. Right, happy. yeah. And then she finds this guy living free who like gets all the stuff <laughs> so i like the contrast too of like how all his stuff is like not stolen i guess but like right. he was with this woman and she took everything and now he's got this empty apartment and she's like it's great here i love this yeah, yeah. i want to stay here oh, i love that she's like you can do a lot there's a lot of light <laughs> no you could do a lot with this place there's a lot of light. It's also totally cute when they're lying on the mattresses, like on the opposite sides of the door wall. Oh my yeah. god. It's like a really sexy and cute scene. They have mm-hmm. such great chemistry. They really yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't usually go in for like romantic comedies, but I'm a sucker for this story. I <laughs> it's like really it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> This is going back to something we talked about earlier, this idea that Roberta changes her vibe, right? And then that sort of leads to all this, like, goodness coming or changes. I have a note that just says mystique begets reality because it is. it was sort of like this mystique around Susan almost makes all of this stuff happen, right? Like, she has this mystique that goes ahead of her, so people expect it to be a certain way. So... Des is like attributing all of this stuff to Roberto and she's not anything right. like that. She yeah, hasn't ever, true. you know, but he's attributing it all to her because of like the mystique of Susan right. coming ahead yeah. of time. And that was really interesting because it almost feeds her being like that. Yeah. He says a couple times, I know about you or mm-hmm. I've heard about you or whatever. Right. That does kind of give her permission to just be a little bit more free. Mm-hmm. Like I know about you means she's like, oh, that means I can just go wherever I want and do what I feel. I don't have to go back with Gary. Right. And I could get this job as the magician's assistant. Right. <laughs> That's her new life. Like She's the magician's assistant oh. at the magic club. How hilarious is it to be cut into in that little box and have your husband and your boyfriend in the <laughs> audience being like, that. you know, and then the guy grabs the earring and she can't do anything because she's just there in the little box. Yeah. Oh my that god, scene was so hilarious to yeah. me. Yeah, I liked it being in Gary was like all mad about it and then Des was like, this is awesome. You're right. <laughs> I just really liked his reaction of like what a great trick yeah. <laughs> I loved it when she first is working with him she like seems excited about the birds <laughs> I also really love when the lady's like how do you use the birds when she gets arrested <laughs> how do you use the birds that was really she funny. carries those birds everywhere. Well, yeah. She's so committed to the birds. She, you know, she wants to do a good job at her new yeah, job, you know. She earns those $20 a night. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, those poor birds. <laughs> yeah. They got mugged. You know, <laughs> hey, they got arrested. They had to <laughs> Those birds have a record now. Totally. I also like that it was just a normal length movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't five hours long. <laughs> that is really nice. Neat, tidy. Yeah, like this is the kind of thing that Paul Feig would make today and it would be two and a half hours. Yeah. Or Judd <laughs> Apatow. Oh my God, imagine <laughs> if Judd Apatow made this movie. It'd be too fitty. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like him. No, and there'd be, well, a, she really there'd be a director's cut. Manic pixie dream girl and it right. would be all about the guys. Yeah, it would be a, a guy would rescue like them at the end or mm-hmm. something. Oh, 
I love that Roberta rescues Susan. Yeah. Like, so yeah. much. I love that scene so much. When she you know, she, she mouths, help me. Yeah. Jimmy's running and trying to find them and he's not very successful. And then all of a sudden they're coming through. And I feel like in the beginning of the movie, Roberta wasn't a person who would have been like, oh, here's this thing. Let me pick it up and hit him over the head. Yeah. She's been like, oh my God, what do I do? But she's yeah. like changed and evolved. And now she's the one that kind of saves the day. Yeah. Good going, stranger. That moment was such a great moment yeah. to be to me. And then she's yeah. so happy, too. She's like, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so happy to meet each other in real life, finally. They're like, hey, there you are. <laughs> and you kind of almost really miss, like, the very, very end when they get some kind of award. What a pair. That's oh, because so the earrings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I guess that's not a prop exactly, but it's just, did we need that? I was like, I'm sure that the police would have been like, oh, the police in this movie there's definitely an A-cab vibe. A-cab, yeah, great. for sure. Oh, yes, I love. Yeah, because she gets arrested basically for Getting being lost. in a dress. Right, like, right. Yeah. It's like she's wearing a short yeah. dress. Is she your pimp? All right, play it that way. Come on, sweetheart, you've just got a little bump on your head. You'll survive it. Yeah, yes, getting almost assaulted. Right. Yeah, that made me mad. Yeah, they just wouldn't hear it. They're like, you were in an alley, so you must. And even then, it's like, if she's a prostitute, she deserved getting beaten up. Mm-mm, Lots of problems. And definitely at the end, I was like, I don't think they would have gotten an award based on what we've seen about this police force thus far. The okay. police would have been like, you guys stole, you're going to jail. <laughs> I guess the people who are looking for the yeah. artifacts right. were grateful enough that they made the police not press charges or whatever. Well, right. and they had the yeah. real bad guy, right? So yeah. The yeah. bad guy got turned in. And That's they, true. They were the right. known bad guys. Right. And Susan was the known woman of interest. Like, I don't think she was a suspect of killing him, but when the first is like the news story and they're looking for this woman. Richard Nolan and Bruce Meeker, you may recall, were released pending appeal of their 1982 conviction for smuggling. Nolan and Meeker are the prime suspects in the disappearance last week of the Nefertiti earrings from the Cairo collection currently on display here in New York. Nefertiti? Nolan is still no shit. Like they know she's like a witness in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wanted for questioning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was cute that they each had one of the earrings. Yeah. Yes! Mm -hmm. That is kind of a (laughs) pro-earring point because I love, like, the suitcase and the Port Authority thing Mm -hmm. and, like, finding the suitcase. And even though it's, like, so ridiculous that she has amnesia, it's also Mm -hmm. really fun when she's going through the suitcase. Right. It's also just such a cool suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. looks like it's hand-painted. So Skeletons. And then there's, like, pink satin on the inside yeah, and then she really finds really like silverware and <laughs> I know that's so funny it's so like funny it. she grabbed all the silverware at the hotel like that oh and she's <laughs> like oh there's cigarettes in here I must smoke and then she lights a cigarette and immediately coughs <laughs> and he's like maybe you should quit yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> I love the details at her friend Crystal's apartment. Her like apartment her, so phone, that's her phone, all the stuff the, glued all over yeah, it. Yeah, decorated yeah. phone. It. And yeah. it's just like a really like nice ladies' apartment. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. I like that actress. Her name is... Well, anyway, she's the mom and the crow. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, that's where I knew her from before. 
this. That relationship mm-hmm. also is a really cool... Oh, um, Anna Thompson. Is like, Anna Thompson. Thing. Yeah, just like a very cool way that female friendships are. Like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. Wait a minute, you need a favor? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, well, okay, here you go. You know, right. You know, just that whole dynamic felt really real to me. Yeah, it's like, I know you're gonna want to stay with me, but then when you see her staying there, it's like not a real problem, you know? She's yeah. not like a problematic guest. And it's nice, like, when she loses her job and they just go to the movies together. Yeah. yeah. Man, witch steals my clothes. Ego gets pushed out of hotel window and now you get fired. No offense, but bad luck really seems to be following you around. Look, we're both free now. Let's just go to the movies. Double feature. Come on. I'll pay for the movie if you pay for the popcorn. Okay, but listen, how much is popcorn? Two (laughs) fifty. Yeah, I thought that friendship was cute. I liked that. Yeah. And you just know Susan's not going to stay around for long anyway. So it's right. kind of like, oh, Susan's mm-hmm. staying with me, but it's not like she's going to be <laughs> mooching off of me for the rest of my life or anything. She's going to be off to some other adventure soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She might be a little bit of a grifter, but yeah. everyone's happy to see her. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. She brings like this fun chaos to everyone's life. Yeah. You know, she's kind of a chaos agent. Maybe she's not a grifter. She's a chaos agent, <laughs> you know, and yeah. but she's bringing that chaos in your life and then for that like little moment you're free and you're having this really fun time and I'm sure all yeah. her friends are like oh god I got in so much trouble with her but it was okay. so fun you yeah know? I've got a story no one's dreading seeing her again they're all happy to <laughs> yeah. see her totally and they know she's gonna probably stir up some shit and they're gonna get in trouble <laughs> yeah they're gonna have a good time doing it and she steals from like the people she should steal from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I like that it was just a very casual she's like oh here what's in here hmm. oh yeah these are cool let me just put these in right now (laughs) yeah and also like what is that guy doing with those stealing them from a museum yeah obviously (laughs) i know but like i could tell that you know she wasn't thinking i'm stealing his precious heirlooms or something she knew that he was up to no good and she was just stealing from a thief anyway yeah i like that she just kind of has this little code you know it's like her (laughs) own she never spells it out but you can just tell she's always operating under that yeah that was one thing too in her relationship with jimmy Jim? Jimmy? Jim. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy. She calls I think him Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, she calls him Jimmy. But yeah, it was like, she's Polly. Right. <laughs> you know, back before that was like a thing that you really saw in movies or it right. was typically a thing that is used to demonstrate someone is promiscuous. But like you were saying, I don't think the movie was trying to be like, she's this horrible promiscuous person. It's <laughs> sort of like, she's promiscuous and it's fine. Part yeah. of setting who she is as a character, but not in a judgmental or negative connotation. If anything, it's most reverent of it. I mean, like, totally. she's... Not the hero, but she's a hero. Like, it's the yeah. two heroes that come together. <laughs> and it's... The Hera's. Yeah. Well, actually, probably Roberta, it does have a bit of a Hera archetype vibe. <laughs> you know? Not Susan. Yeah. Susan's clothes were very cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they were awesome. You can't ignore that. I also really like the dress that Roberta wears for her magic outfit. Like, sort of purple, like, lavender tulle. I swear I saw somebody wearing something just like that when I went to the Trixie and Katya show the other day. (laughs) Like, girl wearing this sort of flouncy lavender thing that reminded me of that dress. Yeah, I know, like, the green sort of mermaidy dress that Mm. she put on that was in the suitcase. Yeah. You want to go with me to get breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) Green sequin dress? Right. What if you have some sort of disguise? You don't like it? No, it's uh, sort of charming. 
She didn't have anything else to put on. There weren't that many clothes in there. True. Yeah. It does seem like Susan just kind of picks stuff up along the way. Like, when she needs to change her clothes, she just puts on whatever's around. Right. (laughs) She's traveling pretty light. (laughs) I know. I'm like, that's probably the thing I'm most envious of. (laughs) God, to just have, like, no material hang-ups in your life. That would be amazing. Free spirit. Yeah. A billion cameos. Oh, my God. A billion. So many cameos. John Lurie playing the saxophone. Yeah. Like, everybody is somebody. Yeah. And they haven't love... shown for that long. They like, barely so... show him. Such a short amount of time that I had to look it up to make sure it was him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like John Lurie and Richard Edson are both in it because they're... Yeah. He the gets the lines, at least. Yeah. <laughs> hey, That's a really funny reaction. <laughs> He's so funny. Who is the guy that is the MC in the magic? John Turturro. I'm from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Do we have anyone else here in the house from Brooklyn? Oh, right here. I wanted you two guys share a cab only afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great audience. Okay, let's get on. That was great. I liked yeah. him. Yeah, and little baby Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. So, yeah. Oh my God. The street vendor. And Anne Magnuson is just like so cool. Yeah, she's incredible. I didn't know who that was, but I was like immediately drawn to her. Oh gosh, she's so who cool. Like that, she's the woman. The cigarette who, girl. Yeah, the cigarette girl, oh, and yeah. she basically has one line, and mm-hmm. then except for later on when she's like selling the cigarettes and has her spiel. Cigars, cigarettes. But yeah, we all thought you were dead. And I was like, who is that? And I looked it up and wow, what a cool fucking lady. Definitely give her a goog. What is he? Some kind of a swinger. Some kind of a loner who stares. What is he? Some kind of a swinger. A life with no problems, no cares. What is this? The movie has started. Everyone in it is dead. Sex was good, better than average. At least that's what the vodka said. terrible at spotting cameos <laughs> or knowing who anyone is in a movie. I have a friend that I watch movies with who will immediately like, we have to pause the movie so I can Google this person right now, learn everything about them, and then I'm always like, eh, they look familiar. <laughs> or maybe they don't even look familiar. I get so immersed in the movie world that it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't even occur to me to think about who this is as an actual person. Even though I just earlier was talking about how cool it is in Murder, She Wrote that there's all these like, cameos all the time. <laughs> yeah. But those cameos are like people you can't not recognize. Right. right, yeah. That's yeah. Or yeah, it was probably more just that I was on alert about it because of the other known cameos yeah. that okay. I was like, that has to be somewhere. But mm-hmm. she didn't do all that much other acting. But the main thing I read about today was like that she started this kind of art club called Club 57 that she managed. And they basically would do these art performances that were one-offs. 
And I read an interview with her in 2017 where she's like, today they'd probably make it viral or some shit. And then we just like did it and we didn't care if anyone saw it. And she's just like such an art life cool lady. And uh, Klaus Nomi actually got his start at Club 57. And then she was in this band called Bongwater that I listened to. But today that was like an experimental band. Kind of Flaming Lips vibe. Uh, I think I have a Bongwater album. You do? I think so. Yeah, so she's just mm-hmm. fucking cool as shit. And as I, I said, there was this like sitcom with Jamie Lee Curtis that was very typical network sitcom, but I watched a couple seasons of it because she was on it. She was she's so cool. Album. Yeah, It was like a magazine or a newspaper-like album. Yeah. <laughs> so many sitcoms are. And then she was like the editor or something, and she was just super cool. Oh my God, she's you so would think cool. everybody worked in magazines. I know, right. that was the yeah. only job, right? <laughs> the most Common job. Actually, one thing I always remember, I meant to mention it on really weird stuff at some point, but the second season, I think, is when Ann Magnuson comes in and they also introduce this other character who's like there to write the regular guy (laughs) column, right? (laughs) Like, what is your shtick, basically? Like, tell us what this regular guy thing about. And the first thing he says is, I don't care who killed Laura Palmer. I tried really hard to find that clip. (laughs) Oh my god. I just googled like cameos Mm -hmm. in this movie and it does Mm -hmm. seem like a lot of the cameos are people who have these really deep ties to Lower East Side. Yes. It's a super Um, like just New York hipster movie. The cab driver too because there's a bunch of people from like Jim Jarmusch movies. The cab driver's Rockets Red Glare. Yeah. Yeah. He's in Stranger Than Paradise as well. He was Sid bodyguard at the time that Sid Vicious murdered Nancy Spongebob. Oh, wow. Kind of dropped the ball a little bit, I feel like. <laughs> well, you're like, I'm not Nancy. I guess not. I guess not, Rockets. Yeah, it says here that in his book, Pretty Vacant, A History of Punk, <laughs> journalist and author Phil Strong straight up accuses Red Glare of being the actual murderer of Nancy Wow. Yeah, yeah, also like Annie... The bandmates yeah, I was going to say Annie musician. Golden is someone. Mm-hmm. I saw her in something so recently and I looked her up. She was in yeah, Orange is the New Black. <laughs> um, I didn't see that. It was either easy or high maintenance, something Ooh. like that. Hmm. She was just in one episode, but I was like, this woman's definitely somebody. All of that goes right over my head. I don't... <laughs> I don't know, that's just the bad guy. And he's dead. <laughs> but that's also so cool that it can be a straightforward comedy. Would you call it a rom-com? Yeah. I would just call it a comedy. I don't feel yeah. like the romance is central to the plot. Maybe. It does play a pretty significant role, I think, in Roberta deciding to leave her boring life behind. But, yeah, it does seem kind of tangential. Yeah. yeah. Like, would the movie still be what it is if it didn't have that as a side plot? I think it would. Yeah, totally. I yeah, think. if she was just like, do you want to be roommates with this? Right. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> like, I just want to leave Right, or if Jim's friend was a girl, and exactly. can you go make sure she's okay and she stays with them? It does add, yeah. like, the nice complication of that Des kind of falls for Susan, mm-hmm. you right. know, in quotes, and then has to kind of come clean to Jimmy, and right. they're like mad at each other. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, that like does that. add a nice little extra. That is a really cute mini scene. crisis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just what are you saying here, Jess? I'm not gonna bullshit you, Jim. It was a shitty thing to do. I'm not saying it wasn't, but you yourself said she was irresistible. Why don't you just hit me again and like finish me off? Look, huh? I cry about it. I'm really crazy about her, and she's really crazy about me. I'm sorry. Well, listen, I know Susan. Whatever she told you doesn't mean shit. And she plays with people, Des. I ought to know. I've been chasing her for years. Well, I don't think she's playing with me. 
bullshit. Why don't we just ask her? Susan? Sue? You mean she's here? We gotta talk to her about this right now. And <laughs> right. She's totally gone. That is really funny. He's like, Susan! That's scamp. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I do really love that they find out in the end that they didn't have the same Susan. That doesn't drag out too long of like yeah. them thinking they are both into the same girl. It's pretty soon after then they just go to the club and he's like, that's not Susan. Right. Yeah. Just like a minor blip. It adds mm-hmm. a little moment of drama, but without being overplayed. Kind of like the way like a misunderstanding would happen in real life. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yes. Like, oh, I thought this way. Right. Like, you cleared it right up. Misunderstandings <laughs> are cleared up much faster. <laughs> in real life than in movies. Did anyone see that movie, Three Identical Strangers? Oh, yes! yes! Movie. When she goes to place the personal ad mm-hmm. and she's like in the boxers and the shirt and the, the three oh, of them are standing there and look her up and down. Oh my God. Was oh, it the triplets from Three I-, <laughs> I was really mad. I think Three Identical Strangers did not get nominated for a documentary Oscar the year that it was mm-hmm. out. And I was so Is mad right? about it because it was so great. I, mm-hmm. It was definitely one of my highlights of the year. That's really shocking. Very surprised yeah, to hear that. The documentary Oscars are like super weird. I feel like they're known as if something is popular, they're just not interested. You know? Yeah. It's like, like a little bit of that. Yeah. I'm too cool to like something so mainstream. Or if it's not or enjoyable. About like the Holocaust or something. <laughs> <laughs> you have to suffer for your art. Because they didn't suffer right. enough. Exactly. Yeah, there was some suffer. tragedy. Yeah. Mostly watching the documentaries every year is totally suffering. You're just like, mm. oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> not watch this speaking of the personals the guy who is the person who works there this mm-hmm. is like so funny the way he's, he's really funny. so trolly red back right. everything okay great go pay at the cashier <laughs> <laughs> yeah completely unfazed by anything yeah said, he doesn't even engage know? with susan she's like she's gonna love it he's like go pay at the cashier <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And apparently he's also a sort of surprise cameo, but just in general, I, I thought that character was kind of a fun, yeah. Yeah. fun character. <laughs> Arto Lindsay as newspaper clerk. He was a noise rock journeyman. Wow. Became one of the first Lower East Side darlings <laughs> with no wave band DNA, but was simultaneously playing with dance pop ambitious lovers by the time he played in Desperately Seeking Susan. You can tell it's like the people who made this movie were just so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's make a movie yeah. and put all my cool friends in like little <laughs> bit parts. That's so true. <laughs> so what about the bad guy? Oh, like, yeah. Should I know who he is? He's the in a lot of movies. Guy? This is the only movie I've seen where he's like young in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like loses yeah. his hair pretty quickly, right? He's the, This is like the most hair he's ever had. <laughs> yeah, he's like a character actor that's in Ron Howard movies and shit like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know what else he's in, but he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He usually has no hair. I think he's not part, like, the cool hipster scene that so many of the people Yeah, are. he was I just, like, an just, actor they yeah, cast. Yeah, like, he's mm-hmm. just... And he definitely seems like he's in a slightly different movie. Like, he's so intense. I don't know, right. like, why he's so intense, dude? <laughs> That's what Matt said. He's like, that guy is not good at his job. Like, he just... All he has to do is get the earrings back, and he is not doing a good job at Yeah, all, right? like, he doesn't even really need to kill anybody, right. but he's, like, just right. trying to murder left and right. Right. You know, for no reason. I guess, yeah, like, did he have to murder Bruce too. <laughs> I don't. That might have been a personal thing. I don't know. Like <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. I guess right. the whole thing is just kind of a MacGuffin in general. Though. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Bruce was supposed to deliver the earrings to him, and then when he didn't, he killed him. Yeah, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Like you effed up. And he did it because he banged 
season and they got really tired. Well, or it might be like, he might have taken off. Maybe it was like they did the robbery together and they got a bunch of stuff and he just took the earrings and ran or something. Mm, Maybe that is that. Why does he have just the earrings? Because I thought they were... Also, stealing ancient Egyptian artifacts, like it just seems like that'd be such a hard thing to right. get cash money for. Right, yeah. <laughs> they they have some black market connection for yeah. these artifacts. I guess they must. It's, I feel like there's easier ways to... That guy, they, that guy does not do things the easy way. I really don't think that's his way. Good point. <laughs> Next call. You guys want to hear some alternate castings? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Bruce Willis was up for the role of Dez and Melanie oh. Griffith for Susan. Oh, God. Oh, wow. and then, oh, God, no. Bruce then Willis, Mel- I feel like, could have been good as Dez, honestly. I mean, I love Bruce Willis. He's so got a lot of charisma. Yeah. When he was that young, he was they were both, They both would have been young at that time. Yeah, yeah. I could see it. He kind of had that everyman vibe. I could see his vibe working in that role. Melanie Griffith. I haven't seen this, but I want to watch Something Wild. It's oh, kind yeah. of like she's like the yeah. cool That's taking it. Matthew Modine yeah. Yeah. him. Like, in John. fact, I have heard that in reference to a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Like oh, yeah. early Manic Pixie Dream Girl For sure. Something yeah. Wild. And then I guess initially the filmmakers wanted Goldie Hawn as Susan and Diane oh. Keaton as Roberta. Oh, God. But then they... Decided to go younger. Yeah. <laughs> I could see Goldie Hawn as Roberta more than Susan. Mm-hmm. Well, when Goldie Hawn first started out, she was very much like a bohemian yeah. beauty. Mm-hmm. I love Goldie Hawn. I she she's great. kind of plays like a ditzy. Mm-hmm. I would think of her as um, Private Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like kind of a little ditzy character. And then people who were on the short list at the end were Jennifer Jason Lee and Helen Barkin. <laughs> oh, and God. And Madonna edged them out. Yeah, I don't think either of them would have been good at all. No. And it is it's so interesting to think that this is Madonna's first acting role and maybe she was sort of new on the scene. I mean, of course, we all know now that Madonna is probably the greatest pop star ever <laughs> in the history of pop stars. And who wouldn't want Madonna in their movie? They would be clamoring to get her and yeah. will do anything. So it's interesting to think that there was ever a point in time where someone was considering somebody else for this movie. Yeah, it's right. like she like was you, made yeah. for her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. It feels like the role was written for her. Yeah. You know, you almost would have thought that they had her in mind from the beginning. Right. right, yeah. Well, actually, I listened to a little bit. My, my DVD had a commentary track, and I listened to a little bit of it. I forget why I said I mean, it was interesting. I just, I had watched this movie like three times. <laughs> and she said, like, once they cast Madonna, like, that sort of set the vibe of the movie, you know, like, that, mm-hmm. like, helped them get that direction, you know. The other thing, I only watched a little bit of it, but she said that the opening in the hair salon was like, it was really supposed to just be like in a store or something, but Susan Seidelman wanted it to be in a hair salon because the movie to her was about like identity and transformation. So that's like what's mm. happening in a, mm. in a salon. Sort of like yeah, a superficial sure. transformation mm-hmm. as opposed to like the super deep transformation yeah. that happened. You know? Right. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I totally want to watch yeah, this like, like commentary. Yeah, yeah I definitely will watch. Like it was. Stream it. Yeah. Get okay. access to that. That's why I still buy DVDs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right? I still have a lot of DVDs yeah. too. I used to like Pawn Exchange. 
if I was, you know, dating somebody and they would sometimes want to go into the pawn shop and I just go and look at the movies and you can get like five movies for $10 or something. Yeah. They're yeah. so cheap. Yeah. yeah, it's cheaper than renting them from the video stores. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like it. Who cares? But yeah, Owls really... on the Ave also has like a lot of oh, really, good. really cheap movies. Yeah, I've built a good little collection that I am happy with, and then some things that I'm really happy I have on DVD because they're not always available. You know, things yeah. can like cycle yeah. in and out of streaming availability. Yeah. So. Sometimes you just really want to watch Weekend at Bernie's and it's not available <laughs> on streaming. Yeah. It's like so stupid. I, I love right. that movie and I will defend it. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not no coming for Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> one of, in my opinion, like the funniest movie ever made. <laughs> it just tells you my, how my humor works. I've probably seen Weekend at Bernie's 2 more just because it was always on Comedy Central. Uh, but... Do you have movies like that? You know, I was a not baby in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, so HBO used to like have movies on two or three times a day and so they were just on all the time yeah, yeah. one of the other channels would have it so i have seen eddie and the cruisers probably a hundred times i have that so with uh, just one of the guys was on oh, all the time I saw that so mm-hmm. many times yeah also, that was always Aiden on Quinn is in eddie and the cruisers oh, really? isn't he like one of the guys in the band like i think michael paré is the yeah um, i know michael paré is like the, the star. eddie and i feel like <laughs> Aiden Quinn might be his Maybe. Mate. But that was my first exposure to Aiden Quinn. Mm. Whatever that movie was. What was the one that you've seen a hundred times? Clash of the Titans. <laughs> yeah. That was the movie that I like recorded. Mm-hmm. So that I could watch even more times than it was on TV. Oh, gee. Wait, is that, that, was, so, 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 is so that a Greek? Yeah. yeah. I've it's seen Perseus. it with Harry Hamlin, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I remember watching yeah. that. I have such a vivid memory. I saw that in the movie theater with my brother, and mm-hmm. we got stuck in the fire exit instead mm-hmm. of the main room. You went out one door, and then there was a flight of stairs, and then you go to the and, like, we couldn't get the door open. That's, like, all I remember <laughs> about that movie is that we... I know, right? A big well, part of the movie <laughs> that's all literally the only thing i remember being so scared that we were just like drafted in there but it was just like we were kids i mean he's yeah. only a year older than me so we were oh whatever year that movie was like what year was two or three or something okay so, so we were like 10 yeah, yeah. Uh, and you watch the movies by yourself oh yeah yeah all the time but I just remember them finally, he like pushed really, really hard on the door. And it, so it wasn't locked. It was just like a really heavy door, yeah. you know, at least for a, a 10 year old. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't have that thing saying alarm will sound. No, it definitely didn't door. have that. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> oh, uh, I learned uh, that Susan Sennelin directed this movie, She Devil, which is a movie that <gasps> oh, my, she did? my wow. sister and I loved watching that. Oh my God. I remember liking that when it came out. Wow. What else did she? We had it on. I know now. I'm like, I want to watch Making Mr. Right because that's a movie she made, and it stars Anne Magnuson. Oh my god! And a lot kind of sounds like it's like a gender swapped weird science or something. (gasps) I like. I kind of remember the cover like it's like a mannequin or something. I feel like I've seen that in a blockbuster or something. So we got a TV show and a movie. Making Mr. Mr. Right. They might have done a, a show. I mean, it was a movie. Wait, who's the guy in it? John Malkovich. Oh, well, my wait, God. He's not Mr. Right. Okay, so here's the plot. Workaholic scientist John Malkovich invents a human-like android named Ulysses 
a near-perfect replica of himself with the ability to learn how to mimic and reciprocate human emotion. Okay, yeah. We're going to have to yeah, do it. Yeah, we're going to have to <laughs> look on eBay for that DVD. Maybe we'll do Susan Settleman double feet. I think so. <laughs> oh, All right, yeah, we might have to do a Susan Settleman <laughs> deep dive. My God. Yeah, there's a lot that looks like a fun way to spend a rainy afternoon. <laughs> so this is what's called a lunchtime poll. All right, we're going to do for the lunchtime poll a good old-fashioned game of Fuck, Mary Kill. All right. Simple rules. Right. <laughs> you just name three Pick characters three in the movie and say whether you want to fuck them, marry them, or kill them. All right. <laughs> Who wants to start? I will start. I would fuck Des, Aiden Quinn, the hot cat guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I need to explain <laughs> no why. No further explanation. Um, for Mary, I have to marry... Richard Edson, because oh. I love him so much. Even more than Dan Hedaya, he is my favorite character oh, wow. actor of all time. Yeah, so. He's got a real great nose. He's just the good guy. Nose. Real good nose. Um, he's the, just the guy who's buying the, a newspaper, and then she takes the whole stack. Oh, that yeah. guy. He's in it for like five seconds, okay. but I love him. I <laughs> love him so much, so I would have to marry him. <laughs> um, and I would have to kill the cop who there's a few cops but the one that i would definitely kill is the one like in the police station who's like when we saw that the photos matched and we realized she wasn't a prostitute but then someone else bailed her out so probably her pimp boyfriend was like <laughs> i know he's just really like double ass right woman is a prostitute to him he sucks she did not do anything why did she get arrested and then like why was she being held until he realized she was married to some guy in jersey but then when someone else bailed her out then it's back to like she's a prostitute <laughs> i hate that guy yeah that guy fucking sucks patriarchy right like, that was very like we don't listen to anything you say but oh your husband is vouching so right. now it's okay right yeah. that guy sucks <laughs> denise so you go next oh god this is so hard <laughs> i had a really hard time with aiden quinn because i i just really want to like fuck him and marry him oh, oh yeah well, um, there's no rules I mean, you should fuck the person you're married to, I you think. You should, you know, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. what's the point? I, I a little bit have never totally understood this game, to be honest. I know. <laughs> but, I think fuck is just like you wouldn't like want Like you'd have date. a flea. You know, right. it's like, yeah. right. it's like yeah. I know, I take things too literally it's sometimes. Like, it's more like fuck, fuck, and marry, and then kill. Right. Yeah. And maybe even fuck and kill. I don't fuck, know. Fuck more than <laughs> once, right. Mostly I struggle with this because I'm straight, but Madonna is just so fuckable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so hot. It's also like literally the entire persona of like who she is in the movie, right? It's like the one that everybody wants her. So it's kind of like, I guess, I mean, like if I were there in the moment, I'd probably have to go for that. So I think I would have to say, fuck Madonna, marry Aiden Quinn, and kill. <laughs> so many options. <laughs> yeah, like Gary really bothered me. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if we're supposed to limit ourselves to like the main character. Right. Because uh-huh. I also would totally fuck the MC in the magic show. Oh, John Turturro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, interesting. He's like kind of my type. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, do you kill Gary? Is that your kill? Um, hmm. Yeah, he really irritated me. Yeah. Like I said, my note about him is Gary, what a douche. Oh, no, yeah. I would be totally surprised sorry. if Gary survives this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't kill him, but I knew somebody would. Yeah. <laughs> I love Des so much mm-hmm. that I kind of was like, 
Yeah, fuck and Mary does. <laughs> He's so hot. I just really liked him. He's a really good blank canvas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> so if, uh, He's really nice. Yeah. Non-judgmental. Right. Yeah, he seems nice. <laughs> he wasn't going to leave her in the Port Authority. Like, I like that he... Conscience. I like, really like that he wanted to order blueberry blintzes when he's like, you're paying? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was a very order. endearing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but if I have to choose, like, if they all have to be different, then I'd probably go with Stephen Wright with, for the... Okay, so right. I don't know why. I mean, no him. judgment. <laughs> I'm glad no you clarified because you were like, I'd have to go with Stephen Wright. I'm like, for what? Now? For which thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just, lo- I really love that guy. He's I don't know why. Great. I wanted to shout out his like every line reading of his yeah. is terrific. He like finds the maximum funny in every. I don't line. know. He's there's just something about him. I don't know. He's really hilarious, and his voice is delightful. Hmm. She has great teeth. But uh, I would kill Gary because he'd probably have some tragic hot tub accident or something. Yeah, he's making like an accident. It happens all the time. Oh, I also, I would kill that, like, Italian security guard that's like, I'm going to help you by, like, assaulting you. I did not like that guy. Yeah, it was gross. He upset me. She's coming to you for help, dude. Come on. Right. That'd be gross. He was so gross. It was was very, like, this is what it's like to be a woman in the world. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Those dudes, they're very, like. I'm not a bad guy. It's like, well, how are we supposed to tell? Right. You go and we're like, help me, security guard. And he's all like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, stay right here in this scary building, right? Yeah, that was gross. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went with fuck the cigarette girl because she won't want to be tied down. So (laughs) I can just tell she's also a free spirit. God, she's so, so sexy. Uh, Mary Diz, because I feel like... That's a great vibe. I mean, hot cat guy, you know. Yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> I did marry right. a hot cat guy. And he, so. like, he could have just left her at Port Authority, you know. Yeah. Like, I yeah. know. And he, he turns did. around, he, he didn't, he couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. He's so sweet. Yeah, he's a good dude. And also, totally the whole, like, projectionist thing. Mm, oh, right. Like, right. I, that's, that's how I knew I hadn't seen this movie when I was young, because that would, all would have had a huge impression on me, I'm sure. I would remember, like, the blue-eyed, dark-haired Irish guy who was a projectionist in this movie. Right. Like, all the free movies I could see. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I could see free movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, Mark, very much Mark? my type back then, and, and now even. Killed a lot of good options, but I went with the scary bad guy with the bleach hair. Oh, sure, yeah. What's his name? Like, he's just uh, fucking up everything. I don't know. He, I don't think he has a name in the movie. Well, we'll pass. Well, Let's see who we're but I'm going to see. Villain number one. Because he's just making everything so hard for everybody. <laughs> Apparently his character is named Wayne Nolan. Really? That does wow. not come across at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe they say it in a news broadcast I think there was a news broadcast mm-hmm. where they do say that. And they name the other guy, too. I think the dead guy. Bruce. I, I remember yeah. him because that's, you could bye bye Bruce. I like that <laughs> Susan says bye bye Bruce, and then later on, Roberta says goodbye Gary. Yeah. Like that there's an alliterative bookend yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. That's just a little subtle detail I enjoyed very much. <laughs> yeah. 
It's so different, like, watching a movie critically than just, like, watching a movie for fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, this is a movie you watch for fun. Yeah. And even if you're trying to watch it critically, you kind of get carried away in how fun it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, though, it's so that fun. it's, like, it's not just fun, though. Like, it's a fun movie mm-hmm. with a really positive social message. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, kind of inherently punk and a cab and... Yeah. And sex positive. Yes, very sex positive. Especially in the 80s at that time. That was like not a great time for (laughs) For sex sex positivity. And I like that they still, it wasn't like some sort of an unrealistic utopia. It was like there were still lots of judgy people Mm -hmm. everywhere, but there were still people like living their sex positive lives. Yeah. Despite that. that. interrupts Jim and Susan on the pinball machine. Yeah. And Jim's pants are on his ankles and the bad guy's like, nice legs. (laughs) (laughs) How very. Any final thoughts about Desperately Seeking Sex? It's great and everyone should see it. Yes, I'm so glad we watched it. I have a lot of movies that I love and I do this thing that I think a lot of people do where you want to revisit things that are familiar and comfortable and they make you feel a certain way and you're just like I want to like enjoy that movie for the 9,000th time you know Mm -hmm. but this was one that I remembered really liking but I really haven't seen it in a really long time so it was cool to watch it with totally different adult eyes you know and sometimes when you do that with a movie you see all these things that you know don't work or are problematic and that really wasn't like that with this. It really holds up and it's yeah. still entertaining and fun. And aside from that whole, everyone mm-hmm. now would have a cell phone and she would be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like once you just kind of like get rid of that, put your suspension of disbelief on, you're just kind of carried away with it. Yeah. As, it, really as far fun. as a period film, it holds up really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. It's like an accurate portrayal of that time period from a woke perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I wonder, like, what it would be like for someone who wasn't alive in that Mm -hmm. pre-cell phone, pre-social media era. I can remember what that was like. So when I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a reality I have experienced. So I can, but imagine if you never lived that reality. Right. Would you have a really hard time accepting this? Like, I need you to watch it with Logan. I know. Yeah, I was, I tried to before we, yeah, it's definitely on our list to watch but i think you would just have to explain like personal ads you know right. oh, i mean yeah. i think that, like people young people know that we didn't used to have phones <laughs> that like you know or like that what a phone used to be was a thing that was in your house and it only worked in your house and it was only mm-hmm. to speak con you know right you had to hang it up yeah, yeah. You right. Can just call from house to house. Right. Well, that's mm-hmm. like a thing young people learn. Like, why? Why do we say hang up mm-hmm. when we end a phone call? <laughs> you know, it's like because it was on the wall. Right. <laughs> like it's funny that we still say that. And hopefully the cord was long enough that you can like go around the corner and oh, try God. to get right. a little in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We run to get the phone before someone else in your family answered it. Yes, we used to race to the phone. If you sure. didn't get there, you just didn't know who it was. Right. Ever. Until maybe you saw them at school the next day. Like, I tried to call you last night. If you, you missed know. it, you missed it. Yeah. Live in the moment, people. Right. Like, <laughs> this message, along with the desperately seeking Susan message. <laughs> Be in the moment. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. 
Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid and Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid and Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid and Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. Nice wallpaper.